It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. With us on our program this morning is uh, on the let's see third Thursday of the month. We usually have Dr. Lovell here, and she's either here in person or in some other part of the country on the phone. Our Southwestern Heat Fong, we're, we're blessed to have you with us in person this morning. Thank you. So glad to be here. And yes, wherever I am on the third Thursday, if I'm traveling for the university, I call in. But I like being here in person. We like and, having you. And I like the fact that there's always a guest that you bring, someone that has ties to the university. Well, I like to think of myself as chief bragger. That's my that's my duty. I'm bragger in chief. There you go. And Who are we bragging about today? We're bragging about the biology department today. Now, that doesn't sound like the most exciting thing, but they have it going on. You can't believe all of the unique, outstanding, award-winning research of the faculty and the students. Um, it is something else. So you have with us today the head of the biology department. Head of the biology department. I'll let you introduce him. Uh, this is Dr. Ricky Cothran. <clears throat> Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Good to have you with us. And we we're talking off here about your uh, your education out of OU, uh, PhD. Is it in biology? You, uh, it's a zoology degree. Zoology. Mm-hmm. So that's even what's the difference? More in depth. It's, oh, animals, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, specifically studying uh, animals. Yeah. So that's that. That's got to be fun. It is. It's yeah, a blast. Getting I, into that detail. I enjoy it, yes. So tell us about, well, first of all, you've got a, a joke, a, a biology joke for us this morning, uh, I think. Yes. Dr. Carthen and I have a, biolo- we have a knock-knock joke. So why did the biologist break up with the physicist? Why did the biologist break up with the physicist? It's a good question. They had no chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) But they could take it, right, in Southwestern? (laughs) Yes, they could. We have a great chemistry department. Well, you know, Southwestern has, you know, great science because of the pharmacy department to a large extent. Because in order to pass and do well to get into pharmacy school, you've got to have those basics in biology, physics, and chemistry. We have always been, even when I was a child, we have been so strong in the STEM degrees. So I'll just brag on us real quick. Swasu has increased the number of STEM degrees issued 140% in 10 years and 90% in the last five years. With all that was funding cuts, you know, that we suffered, we have it going on. We are producing lots and lots of STEM degrees. So we have a concentration of expertise in the sciences and in um, mathematics and um, health fields, you know, allied health. There's just so much synergy going on. So tell us a little bit about your department. What makes it so great? Well, um, the department is awesome because of the people. We hire wonderful biologists. Um, we have faculty that study everything from cells to ecosystems. They're passionate about their fields. Um, They are very supportive of students. They challenge students, but they provide the support for the students to succeed. Um, They're from all over the world, so we have a tremendous amount of cultural diversity in the department, which makes for great potlucks at (laughs) holiday times. No kidding. Um, And um, most of all, uh, it's just we, we really try and build community so that students feel comfortable. And um, if they're comfortable, they're in a good place to, to learn material. So uh, with, with COVID, what effects did that have on 
on being able to teach students in your department? Yeah, um, as anyone will say, COVID was tough. Um, the transition to the online format was especially difficult for sciences. Um, there are some that will argue that online labs are uh, equivalent to in-person labs, but I will ar always argue against that uh, because I live it. And um, there's just no substitute for that hands-on experience, actually working with a microscope, actually getting your hands on a specimen, uh, doing a dissection, uh, getting out in the field. I'm an aquatic ecologist, so um, my research is out in nature. And uh, luckily during COVID, whenever we transitioned to uh, being able to, to be with students, that was one of the safest places to be. So I just increased the field component of my classes <laughs> and we spent more time outside, out of the classroom. The students really enjoy being out there anyways. And so it was actually a, making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, I, I think this online experience, I'm, I'm, we were talking about this last night and that we have, I know of a particular student that's all online and, and honestly, he has a hard time communicating with people because of that lack of interaction uh, in, the, in the classroom. Do you think that's a problem? I do. At New Student Orientation, when you have the parents there, um, I talk about, do you know how many classes online your student is signed up for? Are you okay with that? You know, because they're here on campus, you probably don't want them going online, unless there's a real reason that they need to work on Tuesday, Thursdays, or something like that. But uh, th the learning is better. The learning is better when it is face to face. Now, um, the older you are, the um, more likely that the, gra the graduate programs are usually online across the nation. But there's no substitute for the face to face. Absolutely not. Especially in the sciences, there's no way. So, biology does. Uh, what What's the biggest thing that's changed over your period of time in teaching biology? Uh, innovations or things you've found out about that you didn't know at the time? Well, um, as a practice, practicing science, that's every day. <laughs> you know, you. That's why you get into it is to discover new things, and uh, um, we will talk about the the research that we do in the department as part of this conversation, but. Um, that sense of discovery um, is what drives us as professionals. That's why we got into what we're doing. And so we're always asking new questions, uh, coming up with answers to those questions. And it's that process that really uh, captures the, the interest of the student and, and really engages them in learning. So what's so, the biggest thing you've seen? Uh, I know that it's day-to-day, -day, but over the years, what surprised you well, the most? Uh, that's just – that's a very difficult question I'll for, for yeah. me to, to, to answer. But uh, to be honest, uh, given how closely we work with undergrads, um, what really surprises me the most is the development of the student. Um, it's not really the science. I mean, I'm always – happy to, to see new um, discoveries, you know, that's, uh, don't get me wrong, that's why I do this, but uh, watching students that maybe come into the program um, and are a little unsure of where they're at academically um, and watching them grow um, into 
students that are competitive for professional programs. Um, that is a really cool experience, and it something that you don't really uh, get a sense of until you, you live it, until you see it, um, and it's quite a transition. Can I give an example? They have these lecture series, the J.D. Manis Lecture Series, and when I can, I go, and I went a few weeks ago. It's usually at 4 o'clock, and I try to get over there, and it just is the best part of uh, the month. So they, they had students that applied for small grants, um, they're biology students, they're undergrad, they did a research project in a lab either somewhere in Oklahoma or with one of their faculties, laboratories. They present their research. I mean, it's original research. It is really graduate-level work. It's not like they're just going to class and doing the labs and that curriculum. They go beyond. Their, their, the PowerPoints they did were excellent. They were practiced. They showed their original research, what they discovered, how they got their grant. Um, they inspired, you know, there's probably a hundred other students in the lecture hall who came in voluntarily to hear their presentations and, oh, I want to do that. I could get that grant. I could do that original research. It's unbelievable. So, so <clears throat> zoology, I guess, I, I, don't, I wanted to, to, to uh, I wanted you to speak on how different that is, and we're talking about animals, right, and what the second part of that question would pertain to the careers in which your students enter. What fields are in dire need of what you produce? Yeah, so um, my uh, degree is in zoology, um, but I wouldn't call myself a zoologist. I'd call myself an aquatic ecologist, someone that studies aquatic ecosystems. Um, but as a department, which is what I think of in terms of students that we produce, we have uh, molecular biologists, cell biologists, geneticists, um, evolutionary biologists, uh, botanists. So we have any, so divided up, any, really. Yeah, any subject yeah. you can think of in biology, we we cover. Um, in terms of where our students go, um, the vast majority of our students are interested in going to medical school when they come to Southwestern. It turns out that. Uh, biology is a great degree for that pathway because a lot of the prereqs or recommended coursework are biology courses. And so, I mean, you can be an English major and go to medical school, but you're still going to take a lot of biology and chemistry on that path. And so those two degrees, chemistry or biology, are the most congruent with uh, that 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 road. So um, the, you, you have to take the, the different, I think it's, is it the MCAT? And you end yeah. up taking the MCAT Yeah, as that's well. the test to determine whether you go into med school. And so I would think biology and chemistry, some of those things are on that test. Yes, yes. A, a lot of chemistry, biology, some physics, some psychology. And so the students, uh, as part of their uh, development, um, take courses in those areas to prepare for that test. And you have to have a competitive score on that test in order to get into to medical school. But we also have students that go to graduate school, students that go to vet school, um, dental school, PA school, PT school. I mean, we have a lot of professional programs that our students go to. And one thing that we really pride ourselves in uh, in biology is over the last almost three decades, we've had about a 92% success rate getting students into those professional programs. So 90, that's pretty good. 92, that's yeah. So, and, yeah, that's outstanding. Yeah. 
So what would your dad think? Your dad was head of the department, Dr. James Lovell. We mentioned that off air, but uh, so what would he say about what's happened? I, I think about that often. Um, he would be so excited that this department is thriving with this individual research. It's not just that they're educating them in class. What they've got going on is this dynamic research that the students do under the faculty's tutelage. It's just amazing what's going on. I mean, Ricky's being a little humble, really. It is <laughs> exciting stuff. And the one reason I know that this is an outstanding department is we keep winning uh, these research um, competitions, and we just blow them out of the water time and time again. And uh, we have won um, many times in the last several years, the overall grand prize against um, the Tier 1 universities. And we get one entry, and the research universities, OU, OSU, and Tulsa, they get four entries. And we win the grand prize over everybody over and over again. So, so why does Tulsa get four? They're, they're not much bigger than Southwestern. You know, I didn't, I didn't create the rules, but I did um, – within the month go and talk to the committee at the state regents, the EPSCOR committee, and I had written them a letter and asked if Swasu could have more representation. And um, they asked me to come and give a presentation. And these are the kinds of things I said. I said, so we just get one entry, and everybody that's not OU, OSU, or Tulsa gets one entry. And we are in the other category. So there's a research category, an other category, and all the institutions of higher education can go in the other category. And then there's a grand prize win. So you can win your division in a research division, or you could win the other division, or you could win the grand prize. We win the grand prize. <laughs> and so I told him, you know, we won it last year. We won it the year before that. We won it the year before that. COVID was the year before that. We would have won that. They laughed at that. Yeah. And one year, we, I think the year before that, we didn't win the grand prize. The year before that, one of our students won it for the Oklahoma um, Health Science Center because he had it was Swasu's student, but he had done a research project that they had organized for him to go over the summer. And so I believe we will get more representation. Well, and I would think logically, since we have a pharmacy school and have a lot of emphasis yes. in biology and, and sciences, that uh, the STEM, that we ought to be considered for at least some additional Yes, we, uh, they knew entries, us. Right? They knew about us, and it was great because yeah. I think they, they know – uh, these were research vice presidents, OU and OSU, et cetera, on the committee, and they think highly of SWASU and our sciences. Dr. Uh, Lovell is our guest on the program today with Dr. Uh, Ricky Cothran, uh, Biology Department Chair. We'll be back with more as we continue with our program right after these messages. Every year you pick your replacement heifers. Some become profitable cows and others just disappoint. How can you make more reliable selections? Genetic testing. Commercial cow-calf producers like you are using Inherent Select from Zoetis, an innovative multi-breed genomic test and weekly genetic evaluation. Once again, if you want to make more reliable selections, choose Inherent Select from Zoetis. What's that? That's the sound of your favorite college mascots pouring a glass of cool, refreshing water. Sodas, sports drinks, and juice boxes are packed full of sugar. So what's the one thing Pistol Pete and Boomer agree on? Drinking more water. <sighs> Whether it's bottled, tap, or sparkling, choose water for better health, focus, and refreshment. Learn more at shapeyourfutureok.com, a program of TSAC. 
Whatever your type of home, experience a new level of home comfort with a new Bryant Evolution system. When installed with the Evolution Connects Control, this advanced system can communicate with both your indoor and outdoor units for increased comfort and efficiency. Ask your Bryant dealer about an Evolution heating and cooling system today. Cross Heat and Air will do whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable this summer. Visit CrossHeatAndAir.com. The Binger Nursing and Rehabilitation Care Facility offers skilled nursing in a quiet setting of a small town. We pride ourselves with positive attitudes, and you can rest assured your loved one is receiving the most loving care possible. We offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy, and a wide range of planned activities on and off-site. Come join us for a tour of our facility at Binger Nursing and Rehabilitation. We have the highest facility ratings for care in the area, according to government sources. Binger Nursing Facility, the place for someone you love. Don't trick yourself into another truck. Treat yourself with a new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado from Cummins and Weatherford. The new 2023 Silverado 1500 not only has savings, but it's bold, beautiful, and tells a story. It's time for you to tell your story. Go to Cummins and drive away today in your new Chevrolet from Cummins and Weatherford. Best sales experts, great service, hassle-free financing. Cummins Cadillac Chevrolet Buick GMC in Weatherford, I-40 and Airport Road, and online at CumminsBBG.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Brian Baca is an investment advisor representative of and advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. If you are an avid golfer, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Investing is a lot like the game of golf. There are three phases in golf, the tee shot, the approach, and the putt. In financial planning or investing, there are also three phases, building wealth, protecting wealth, and distributing wealth. In golf, you're allowed to carry 14 clubs. You don't use your putter to tee off. And you don't use your driver out of the sand trap. Each club has its own function, and it's the same with financial tools. In investing, we can't use the same financial tools for all of the different phases of planning. Wealth-building strategies won't help protect wealth, and wealth distribution or income strategies won't help build wealth. The purpose of money dictates how it's invested. Let us help you in determining the appropriate strategy for your long game. Retirement can be a very long time, and we'll be here before you know it. Don't attempt at being unprepared. Give us a call at 323-6800 or visit our website, retirewithbacket.com. 27 minutes after 7 o'clock, and we have with us today Dr. Ricky Cothran, uh, Dr. Lovell, uh, Diana Lovell from Southwestern, the president of the university. Thank you for coming out, and we want to talk about the research just a little bit that you're doing, because that's a big part of what you, you're up to. Yeah, um, I really think it's what makes our department special is the the research that our faculty do with with students and um, we really stress the importance of that to students we have a couple of seminars each semester one where the faculty share their research interest to students early on in the semester this happens in the fall uh, and then we also have students present on on their research as well and the idea behind those seminars is to um, encourage students to join research labs and, and get involved. Um, the students get all kinds of benefits from doing um, independent research with faculty. Uh, it looks great on a resume, so whenever you're competing for uh, professional schools or jobs, if you have something that sets you apart, that's always good, and not every student has undergraduate research experience. Those students are also more engaged in the department, and the more connected you are to the community, 
that is the biology department, the better you do in classes. So our excellent students in the classroom are the students that are also invested in undergraduate research. Um, and it's just fun, you know, the discovery, asking a question, coming up with a test to, to answer that question, and then getting those results. It, it's like Christmas. It's like opening a present, you know. You never know what you're going to get. And uh, it, it's just uh, a blast that hands-on learning is, is really what it's all about. And um, our students do a fantastic job. Uh, they compete at uh, conferences, uh, local, regional, international conferences, and they win awards for their presentations. Um, we've had a great success rate at Research Day at the Capitol um, over the past uh, five or so years, we've had three grand prize winners from biology. Um, we recently had some students win a third place award at a international conference, but they were competing against graduate students. So these are undergrads from Southwestern competing against graduate students, and they got third place for their presentation. What a what a great opportunity and a step ahead I would think when they get into if they do go to graduate school. Yeah, they've done it. You know, they've um, experienced research. They have a, a leg up on students that have not done that in their training. And then even if you go to medical school or vet school, just the critical thinking skills that you develop through doing research and the communication skills because you have to be able to communicate your science to a broad audience. You might be talking to a um, specialist in the field at one conference, but then we might have an outreach event where we have young students or people from the community, and you have to communicate your science to those people as well. And so you have a different pitch for different audiences, and being able to do that as a professional is, is, is important. You know, to me, uh, that's really what college is about in terms of that interaction that you're talking about. You're doing it in the biology department, and that to me will should at least, uh, you know, we talk about are we going to continue to have on-campus learning uh, because I think that's a debatable issue with some folks at least. I don't think, I don't think you go do college without interaction on campus. Well, some... Some institutions will try, but inherently, face-to-face, -face, interaction with your professors. That's the big it, part. For me, it was. It was a big the, part of the my college. the core of uh, getting train. a great education. Yeah, yeah no, no, no doubt about it. And I think people need to understand that. The kids need to understand it. Now, like you said, I'm glad you're asking the question about whether or not uh, they should be taking all these online courses. No, they, should, they shouldn't unless there's a real extraordinary reason because – They've was, got to interact with the professor. I was talking to a student uh, working at a local business, and I thought they were at college at Southwestern. I said, were you in college? Said, no, I'm not at Southwestern. I'm taking online. And I said, what class are you taking? And they said, English comp. And I said, well, how does that work online? Uh, what about your compositions? And said, well, we, they, they don't require compositions. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. How do you do a comp class for English comp without doing a composition? Well, I don't think they were at Swasu online. No, they so. weren't. No, no, they weren't. They said that. Yeah. They were some South Carolina online university. Uh, it wasn't Southwestern. Well, right. make, make, yes. make that really and, clear. Yeah, if you're a parent out there or a grandparent, you be sure and 
push yeah. them into going into well the part face. of learning to, in college for me at least was doing your own laundry uh, taking care of yourself <laughs> and making sure you got to class on time and actually going to class yes and with yeah. covid and then a lot of them just went on to online they've lost those some of those skills some of those human skills that you need to adult so you got one joke to close things out okay got one last joke um, why do biologists look forward to casual Fridays? Why do biologists, i got to repeat this, why do biologists look forward to casual Fridays? They're allowed to wear jeans to work. Oh, G-E-N-E-S. Oh, like oh. Genetic type jeans, right? That's cute. How, how do you wear a jean? Inside, right? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, you're full of them. Outside, inside. <laughs> thank you all for being on the program this morning. Dr. Lovell, thank you for bringing... Dr. Ricky in with us this morning. Thank you, Mustafa and Harold. We'll talk to you next month. Do you know who you'll you'll have on yet? I don't yet. You'll be surprising us. I'll be bringing something else great to brag about from South I know, that's right. We thank you so much. President of bragging for South I'm bragger in Where's the applaud button real quick? Hit that button over there. It it wouldn't be there, would it? Yeah, yeah, we got that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Cochran. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.